0: 94.7 Kumu Kokua. Because Kumu Cares. All right. We are in Kumu Kokua, which is where we bring in Hawaii's leaders and experts to address the issues that you care about and answer your questions during the COVID-19 crisis. And so this morning, to talk about the public schools, we have the ultimate expert. That would be Hawaii's state schools superintendent, Dr. Christina Kishimoto. Good morning.
1: Good morning, as me and Devin. I love starting my Monday morning
2: with you. You two oh. have so much energy. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate
0: that. We are so happy to have you. Hey, um, you know, I, let's kick it off by addressing the burning question that everyone has, which is what is happening with public schools in terms of regular school classes? We know that distance learning is going to continue for the rest of the year. But when will the regular school classes come back?
1: So I would love to talk about regular. I don't think regular or normal is in our vocabulary these days. It's really <laughs> tough uh, to say what's happening next. So we're looking at, you know, every four weeks what's going on. We are extending the continuity of learning, which is our, you know, distance learning approach and our mixed learning Uh, approach using packets as well through May 28th. And then uh, about two weeks later, we're gonna start summer school and we're going to extend that um, online learning uh, into our summer school program. We're still looking at whether we can bring some of our younger kids back Uh, in small groups for summer learning. We want to make sure they don't fall behind. The 21 school year, 2021 school year begins on August 4th. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: we're already thinking about what may that look like. And and we're going to wait the next few weeks and see what happens in terms of further health guidance.
0: Okay. Okay. Are you folks still working with that four week of no new COVID-19 cases sort of standard? no
1: and i think there was a lot of confusion around that that was a uh, language that we got early on from cdc when they didn't really want to give schools guidance on how to reopen so mm-hmm. they stayed really broad around that we had it as a placeholder in a document and it got read as if that was our guidance uh we were we did not have direct cdc guidance we've removed that since uh, since okay. we knew that was causing confusion later this week i'm working with the department of health their team and my team are getting together to talk about what our guidance based on what we have learned thus far we know we're not going to be clearer cases when we reopen we're really looking at how do we implement a staggered opening approach that allows us to step into this lightly and continue to watch what's happening in terms of health cases.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. What would that look like? And again, I know we're talking sort of like you're you're still in the proposal stage. But when you say possibly a staggered opening approach, does that mean like maybe you would have some kids, you know, begin school at a certain time and other kids approach at another time? How would that work?
1: Yes, I'm going to be looking at it. We're going to have conversations about even as early as this summer, can we bring some of our students in the in the lower elementary Mm -hmm. grade who need extended time for reading and math and skill development um, where they're not seeing that success online? Can we bring small groups of students back or can we bring, you know, individual students who need some special ed services that require Hands-on approaches like our occupational therapy or physical therapy; um, those approaches require in-person uh, services, and so can we start with those high-risk, high-need groups first, mm-hmm. and then start adding students as we watch what's happening with cases.
0: Ah, okay, okay. And speaking of students in high-risk groups, so the grab-and-go lunches have been, I think, you know, really instrumental for a lot of families that are in need. Is that going to continue?
1: it is in fact at some point we'll transition between the grab and go we're doing now to a full summer feed program which will look similar uh, right now we've uh, we have been able to in four weeks Uh, distribute more than 360,000 meals. We have 66 school sites right now that are serving uh, breakfast and lunch, and we're going to extend that to just over 70 school sites coming up here. We also have two non-school sites that we're opening on the Waianae Coast where we have uh, the largest number of housing insecurities. Mm. Uh, So we want to go out into the community again for our students who are high-need students. Uh, 18 years of age and younger.
0: Okay, okay, wow, that's a lot going on right there. Um,
1: There is a lot, and uh, (laughs) the other thing I would just add is that at the end of this month, Mm -hmm. we're also gonna start up a new telehealth hotline. So all of our nurses that we have in partnership with University of Hawaii School of Nursing, and our own DOE social workers, school psychologists, school counselors, um, they're gonna be on a hotline for any of our children uh, from kindergarten to 12th grade who want to call in because they're sick and not sure if they should go to the hospital or maybe they're sad or they feel disconnected. Um, mm. And it provides some counseling support that's so confidential um, by the staff that know them well. So we're excited about start, uh, standing this up. We also think this will alleviate the burden on hospitals to have children show up who may uh, uh, be ill, but not COVID related and be able to get some telehealth services.
0: Ah, Do the children have to have um, uh, permission from parents in order to access that?
1: So yes, we we have already many of our children because they are uh, you know registered in our schools where we have their permission. Mm-hmm. And for those children who have not used our services in the school already, there is a process that we've developed to go ahead and get them registered for these services oh, okay. um, through their families right on the phone.
2: okay, okay, fantastic. Okay. Very nice. fantastic so, Superintendent, could you um uh, as as a as a husband of an educator, and sitting across from somebody who used to be an educator, um, I was just curious if you could get into a little bit about what's been some of the challenges that you guys have faced uh, trying to do this distance learning thing. With I the mean, as a, you know yeah. what I mean? Because the public the teachers. schools, people think it's such mm-hmm. an easy thing to sort of turn on a dime, and all of a sudden everybody's learning remotely. But it's it's difficult.
1: It's not. It it absolutely is not. And, And I also want to just help the public understand that there is no state in the nation that is doing just online learning. It is a mixed approach in all 50 states. It's also a mixed approach when we talk to our partners in in Guam and in the Virgin Islands and in Puerto Rico. Uh, They're part of our state superintendent network. We're all using a mixed approach. We're all trying to deliver and maximize services online. But, you know, what we hear from parents is, It is less about having access to the device because Mm -hmm. many of our schools or all of our schools are really distributing laptops or Chromebooks or some kind of device that that children can use at home. It's more about what's happening in the home. Mm. If mom and dad and auntie are online doing their work, they're teleworking, and then they have multiple children who are trying to be online at the same time, it is causing some overload issues. Or even, you know, issues on the family trying to manage multiple kids on top of the adults being online. So yeah. we're trying to be very supportive and say, if you want a packet, we're not questioning Uh, forcing you to be online and we've got to be very understanding this needs to be a family choice and we should not be pressuring families to be online if they have other situations they have to manage so Mm. this is about working with the with the ohana right
0: yeah yeah actually it's it's i'm Thankful that you brought that up because one of our Kuma listeners, Verna, had actually asked a specific question. She said, can you ask the superintendent, can there be some support and guidance for parents who are having to teach for the first time? Um, and uh, is are there any plans for that or do you have any suggestions for them? So I,
1: my, my number one suggestion, is: please call your teacher or call the principal of the school. There are lots of supports being provided by okay. the school site. Um, in terms of either directly the teacher or a support staff member at the school being able to talk families through the online learning, or they also have other partners that are nonprofits or for-profits that have partnered with them that are providing support for families. As we go into the summer, uh, one of the things we're looking at is how do we stand up another network of uh, folks even beyond the school system that can provide parental training and support on mm-hmm. online learning. This is a new reality for us you uh, and we need to think about how we maintain this capacity into the future so we are never struggling to kind of provide you support.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, You know, speaking as a former teacher, I'm just going to say it ain't easy to teach. <laughs> so that is wonderful if no, you guys and, can support and, and, the parents. And
1: we'll take you back to teach if you're willing to come back. <laughs> <laughs> she laughs really hard.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Superintendent, I know we have you for a limited amount of time, but if we could also just very quickly go Go into the alternative graduations. I mean, and and I'm speaking as a parent. Uh, My daughter is a senior uh, at Mililani High School, so I'm among the many parents who are and, you know, families that were have, you know, we know why the graduations, the traditional graduations had to be canceled. Can you talk about what we can expect this week? Because this week is the week where the alternative graduation plans are supposed to roll out, correct?
1: Correct. So each high school is uh is finalizing their plans for how they're going to do this. They did receive guidance from me around uh making sure that they adhere to social distancing, mm-hmm. making sure that the masks that are now required are in place if they're gonna do anything in person. Some of the schools have looked at, you know, can we have kind of this this drive by where we take a photo and provide the diploma oh, uh, and kind of have a, a cheering squad as they come through. Others are involving students and actually creating something online where each student can be celebrated and tell a little bit of their story. You know, so there's different models. The traditional coming all to one place is not possible. Um, our, some of our schools have, you know, upward of four or five, 600 uh, graduates, and so uh, it's not going to be possible to break them down into smaller groups of 10 to 15, right? We mm-hmm. would not be able to logistically do that. But we are asking... All schools, and all schools are excited about creating some alternatives that are still special. Uh, We have over 11,000 graduates this year. We're going to be doing those alternative celebrations the last two weeks in May, which would have been when they would have had their regular celebrations. Um, And we're also encouraging uh, our communities, our our, uh, high schools, to think about uh, is there some special alumni event that they can do in the future when things settle down? Mm. Uh, we, we we want our kids at some point when they're back from college or they're at work or they're in the military. Is there a time where we, they can have an alumni event? And so we do want to stay open to ways in which we can we can make this special and memorable. We're so proud of our 11,000 graduates. Oh,
2: That's wonderful, Superintendent, awesome. yeah. so, just curious, what. Is your day like? Because there are, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm just thinking it's, it's tough enough to run the schools, but now you're sort of having to do everything remotely. So you know, each, each district is sort of a, a I don't know, an island unto themselves, trying to get this done. And you got to check in with everybody at the same time. Is there any time for you to sleep at all while you're doing all this?
1: <laughs> I I tell you what, I do sleep really well by the time I get to bed.
0: (laughs) From exhaustion, I'm sure. And I think
1: that's true (laughs) of, of everyone who's trying to manage organization this distance learning approach i will say i have a fantastic leadership team we meet actually every morning using an e-conferencing service and so every morning we have an agenda we go through it's usually a decision-making agenda Uh, we have um, instituted a shared decision-making approach so that my 15 complex area superintendents my seven assistant superintendents and my deputy superintendent are on the phone Every morning, we do decision-making together. And then if it's something that really should be driven by the principals, we'll break off into e-conferencing smaller group sites, and our principals will jump on, and they will help us make decisions. And by 2 o'clock, we're rolling out decisions for that day. That's oh, every wow. single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so high-intensity and in between that, the principals are meeting with teachers, checking in with them, checking in with support services staff, um. All of my state-level folks are working with their various teams. So we have some folks working with the federal government around uh, their directions. We also have folks working with our special education teachers and support services providers. So everybody's working with their groups, and we check in every single
0: day. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Got it. I feel I feel exhausted. <laughs> <listening> <laughs> the to special
2: that. education side of it alone, I would yeah. think, would just be yeah. massively I know. crazy. Oh, I
1: know. my
0: gosh. I know. Wow. Absolutely.
1: Um, Superintendent- but there's that whole education side and then there's the whole, you know, support services, food service program, mental health services side of the house uh, that usually is invisible to the public. But mm-hmm. all of it is necessary right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh, Superintendent, I know we are on limited time with you. Can I just ask you, what worries you most about this situation?
1: I think the, the, the piece that worries all of us most is making sure that no child um, is untouched, mm-hmm. um, unengaged. We want all of them to be able to uh, kind of manage and um, uh, uh, be able to be successful within that that point of resilience that Mm -hmm. they need to tap into. Mm -hmm. But we also know they need lots of supports to do that. We also know that adults are struggling, right? We have in our own homes, we have people who have lost their jobs, and we're trying to do that while managing a job, while teaching, while taking care of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we know how complex the situation is. It's really about the overall health of our community that I worry about. You know, I I try to get out and do a run every morning or evening, uh, just to keep myself grounded. Uh, but even in that run, you know, I'm running by, you know, homeless people who are struggling as well. There's just a lot of need. Um, and it's hard to separate that sometimes in, in terms of saying, how are we doing over in Hawaii? Are we, are we missing anyone? Are we all taking care of each other? Are we all being patient with each other through decision making i just don't believe in attacking one or another person that's just an unnecessary expended energy you know we've all got to be at the table saying how do we best make decisions right Mm -hmm. now so Mm -hmm. that's really what's driving all of us it's also what worries me about just making sure that that we're we're okay right at the end of the day we're okay and we're going to be okay and that no one lose hope when people lose hope uh, we know that's when situations um really can break down very quickly whether it's a child or it's a parent or it's an auntie that loses loses hope because they don't they don't see something that's going to get better um yeah. and that's really what worries me the most and, and and when i'm looking at all my kids i'm also looking at You know all of my employees and and keeping their spirits up so that we can do this together yeah and i do appreciate mm -hmm. that people people check in on me too you know my own employees (laughs) are constantly asking me hey superintendent you're okay right Mm -hmm. yeah you're hanging in there right and and i appreciate that too because i think we all, we all feel that, right? Um, yes. And we all feel that stress. is a different kind of stress right now. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, I, I, and again, I know we're on limited time, but very quickly wanted to ask you, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you if you had a thought about the proposed pay cuts for people, for employees, including the teachers.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I will say that um, we know revenues have been mm-hmm. decimated in this state. We've got to figure out a way out of this as a state. Uh, the last resort hopefully is going to be cutting anyone's pay. Uh, but we know if we get to that point, we've got to figure out how to do that as short term as possible and, mm-hmm. and get back to paying people uh, appropriately. Uh, what I am hoping is that, you know, the legislature is looking at all options first within their control, uh, that all agencies right now are working really, we're all working really hard to save uh, and cut down on spending so we can roll over and maximize dollars into next school year. We know this is not just two to three months, but this is 15 to 18 months of, of, of our future that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to be really smart about saying there's some work we're going to have to do differently. So I'm looking at ways in which I change practice within the DOE to permanently save money in some areas. And one of those is telework. We have some teams that can telework. Imagine if, if we have some of our DOE staff teleworking, freeing up leases that we pay for spaces, mm. um, reducing our footprint on especially Honolulu real estate, which is uh, highly desirable and needed for other purposes. So just thinking differently about our work in order to, again, improve ourselves as an organization and mitigate this uh, this revenue loss yeah, uh, yeah. so that we can also minimize impact on, on teachers. If we cut pay on teachers, we know that's going to have an impact on instructional days, and that really will decimate our students and, and their um, their preparation. And we've gotta be very careful about that. But we also understand everyone has to have um, their best thinking at the table. And, and so that's where I am right now.
0: Got it, got it, okay. Um, anything else that you wanted to add? Any message to all of our listeners?
1: I will just say I appreciate everyone's support. Um, our The feedback we've gotten has been uh, largely positive. Uh, we really appreciate this understanding. This is all very complex, uh, but we need to make sure that we're all working together. I do, I do thank everyone I, uh, for, for their support and their understanding. And there are some things we need to, we're not going to be able to do uh, until things uh, improve, but we are focused first uh, and foremost on our kids' instruction and on their wellness overall. Mm. So thank everyone for being part of the, the larger team. Taking
0: care of our keiki throughout the state. Oh, mahalo to awesome. you folks for doing yeah, all you are doing. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for uh, uh to uh, uh state school superintendent Dr. Christina Kishimoto for our kumu segment. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Esme. Thank you, Devin. Appreciate the time together. Wake up, Wake up. with 94.7 Kumu and the Rise
2: and Drive Morning Show.